0: Shalom Aleichem and welcome back, Rabbi Dr. Eliezer Brock. Part 2 of the introduction to the Sefer Derech Hamuna. Introduction. Yes, just the introduction. The Sefer itself we're going to get to, that could be endless. Mr. Hashem. We'll get it done. The Ezra Sashem. So thank you very much for joining us again. Last episode, we made it all the way until the 1840s, discussing the history of the learning of Masech L'zrayim, the Rishonim Vachreinim. We just finished discussing the pa'asa shulchan. Before we go on, is there anything else you want to add to what you talked about in the last episode?
1: Yeah, just two short points. Is that there were people, Yechidim, that did learn Zrum, Just to mention, just some of them is one, who was the great Rabbi Kharif, the great Litvish of Gadol, wrote a lot on Yerushalmi, so he has a nice amount on Yerushalmi Zrum, a whole volume. It's first printed in the 1860s. And one other great literature, Godel, is that there is his father, whole Chibur, to be Miyashiv, the Rabbi Kivager, also a Godel from who dies in the 1830s, wrote famous Gilianus on on, on Mishnais. So, um, that there is his father, this Rabin Yaman, a great guy, um, if one wants to read about him, it's good to read in the unbelievable autobiography of that is, or in the introduction to the Chibur called Mishness Rabin Yaman. And basically, this Rebbein Yaman wrote a chibur, on, which was published on Zoram and Mayed, being miyashiv, in, mishnayis, all the various Rabbi Kiveigars, the union. Um So we, so the, uh, my claim, the, the point I'm trying to bring out is, yes, people were learning Zoram, but it wasn't the same as Nash in which there is endless amount of chiburim. Mayid is much more. And the when once you get to Allah, that is one point I just wanted to clarify on the previous um, discussion.
0: Okay, so before we proceed, I just want to mention that, again, if anybody wants to sponsor Baruch Hashem, these are very popular. Many, many people have been listening to these episodes, and again, we'll be getting great feedback. We just got two emails from people who have listened to episodes from the one you did on your It was already a good few months back. I actually listened to it again. If you're learning Yavamis now, it might be good to listen to it again, now that you're deep into Yavamis. Someone just sent us an email asking for some of the PDF files that you offered. Um, during that episode on the Renest Iron, which lists some of the Rishanim, they even asked for Davi Safir's article on Rabo Kham, two people asked for that. So, thank you for bringing that up to everybody. And if you haven't listened to all the episodes, they're all available on Old Off. Again, you can email myself, at org with any questions, comments, suggestions, criticisms, we take it all. Fine. So, we're, in the 1840s, and we still haven't identified any real svarim, when I say real, svarim that are put out for the regular person to learn and get Yedias on Chumas the Maestress. So tell us where we go from here.
1: So if we go further on in the century, it's interesting is that in, let's say, 1880s, suddenly more you didn't start going to Eretz Yisrael. The movement um, becomes somewhat more popular. A lot of this is documented in various different works out there. But in the 1880s is when the and the various massive controversies about Shemitah erupt. So this, there's an explosion of literature, Chuvists from achroinim. If there's a hetermechira, if one could not have a hetermechira, if it's necessary, not necessarily all over, everyone's getting involved with this. Um, but there's still yet no chibur of the rest of the parts. Now, Shemitah, um, uh, it's, a fa- it's fascinating the unbelievable amount of literature about it uh, on the history and the halachic aspects, the sugyis. Um Mishnaiyas, all well, Mishnaiyas is learning Shviyas, coming to the cl- conclusion soon. And I just, uh, there's a, I want to have something, there's a, today, there's a big minig to plug oneself. So I was involved, I had the to be involved putting out a work, now it's available in English, called Studies in Halacha and Rabbinic History from Rabbi Tam Henkin, Hashem Yinkam Dama, he was killed a few years ago, tragically, with his wife by Arabs. He was an unbelievable writer, a unbelievably talented person, and he wrote numerous svarim and books. One of the things that he was an expert in amongst many others, was the topic of Shemitah controversy in all aspects, the historical aspects, the halachic aspects, and he wrote a lot about it. And sadly, he was going to write more, but we lost that. So some of these articles were translated now for the English ilam, um, in a book which has many other essays, all translated in English, called Studies in Halakha and Rabbinic History. Um, I highly recommend it. Of course, I am saying that I do have a bias because I'm involved with the publication, the preparation of printing this book, but I think it's worth it. Anyway, so this is about um, Schmita.
0: You mentioned that book. Didn't Achi Weinstein on his Farm Chatter podcast just have a conversation with his mother? Was it about that book?
1: Yes, 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 he did. He had a very interesting conversation. It's worth listening to also to hear uh, the, mo- the mother, the rabb- rabbinette Hankin talk about her son and about the project in general and other stuff. It's also very interesting. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, so we na- so we're already in the 1880s. It goes; and th- these controversies keep on going. They're still actually going on every year. There's books written on the various Talmudism, but we're looking for all Mitzvah Bards So I would like to point to as follows. In early, I- I'm going to show a few briefly some things of other people learning run aspects, and then we're going to try to get closer to us of learning Mitzvah Bards and Eretz Yisrael. Number one is that. We find, let's say, in uh, nineteen in the nineteen hundred, a work comes out called Hilchos Eretz Yisrael, the tour. It's printed. Um, it was found by manuscript by a uh, by Reb Grossberg, who was famous for putting out many other works, and um, they had Haris from uh, Rebel Eliezer Simcha, a very chashvah, prominent litvish gadol at the time, and it's printed in nineteen hundred with Haris. Shortly afterwards, another edition comes out, the same Chibur with Haris Romer Donen, Kletzky, and klecki and Now, this is a, what's significant is, this is a Chibur about Hilchas Eretz Yisrael. supposedly Hilchitz to the Torah. It turns out it might not be the Torah, but at least it's a Rishan, and it's, again, a Hilchas Eretz Yisrael. So the people trying to, you know, look for Chiburim, and it's it's already more relevant already because there's much more Yidin out there in Eretz Yisrael. Interestingly enough, as a side point, Remar Gifter. Um, the great Rosh Hashivah tells, eventually puts out an edition of this in, in one of the journals at the time, the, much later on than the 1900s, with unbelievable Ha'aris. And later on, an edition comes out based on more manuscripts from Ephraim Kuffer, who we have spoken about in a previous podcast. Anyway, this is just one work where we have a discovery of, of rishon. it's for sure rishon, and it comes to... Um, it comes out in early nineteen hundreds um, and onwards. Okay. Now we're moving forward. Is nineteen fourteen a, a work begins to come out from in Varsha, I believe it was printed, called Amunaz Zram, which is basically um, someone has Malakade all the various chazals, midrashim, everything, all the material that there is on Zraim, let's say Yerushalmi's, Mishnayi's, Teseftas and, and all the different purushim, a plot plain and simple Alikut. Um, so it seems there was, a, and it has Chash of from many different delim at the time. He, I think he finishes all of Zeram. This is in 1914. So you see that in Chutzlar, there was an attempt at least somewhat to make available in order to learn zram. one has to have the Kalim. So someone else, he was also trying to do such a thing. Just to fast forward a drop before we go backwards, in Chutzlar, is right before the war, the great Rosh Hashiva Goyin Reb the author of the Migdash David, also writes a Chibur that has mater- lots of material, lambdash material ends wrong, But, okay, now, but let's go back to Eretz We're getting to the 1900s. Forget about Shemitah. Shemitah, we said there is materials, but what about everything else? So we must mention briefly uh, the great Ravram Luntz. Ravram Luntz was a was an unbelievable figure who tragically, he's born, I think, the 1850s, late 1850s or something. Anyway, he's a prolific writer, but he becomes blind before he's even the age of 20. So you think his life is over? I don't know how, but he basically continues being beyond prolific, putting out multiple works. Farum runs a journal, successful um, called Yerushalayim, prints all different materials related to Eretz Yisrael. He, he um, incredible. His, his daughter wrote a very interesting, um, uh, nice long article about him. But he's blind, and somehow he does this, which, which shows when there's a will, there's a way. Okay. Anyway, he puts out significant for us two chiburim. One is. In 1908, he puts out a Yerushalmi, because he helped with, and he, and he worked very hard for Yerushalmi's run specifically, trying to track down whatever the best Nuzchois at the time, because um, he understood that in order to, to be able to learn Hilchus Eretz Yisrael and everything, one has to have the the proper Caleb, so you have to have the best edition of Yerushalmi. Okay, it's its own story, how it was received, and, and um, for example, um, there's an article from Malachi about this and others, but, Another safe that he put out was the Kaftah of the Ferech that we spoke about in the last episode. He also went made it his business. He put it out. It was, I think, a small format. It looks like this in a reprint. Um, not a nice fat edition, but because he held um, these Chiburim help um, for Eretz Yisrael get, in order to learn about Eretz Yisrael, you need to have the Chiburim. Okay, fine. So this is 1908, um, to Yishalmi, 1897 was early as the capital of the Ferech, and He put out other stuff, but uh, we're cutting it short. Okay, now. We fast forward to 1913. 1913, is something that when I ever I when I first heard about it, um, I was also I didn't believe it, and any time I mention it to people, they also don't believe it. Basically, is that um, the various Gedolim at the time living in Eretz Yisrael decided to take a trip to travel all over all the different settlements that were going on to see what's going on with the, the different things. The the and one of the focuses that in this trip was, to see the Shmir HaMitzvahs, not everyone was from or even remotely from, and just to see the mats of what's going on out there all, in all the many different small little settlements that existed all over the country in Eretz Yisrael. Now, okay, very sounds very interesting, but the key thing is, it's taking place in 1913, who were the cast of characters, as they say for fancy term, who were the people that went on this trip? So, um, that, is, that that's what makes it interesting. So um, number one, Rabbi Avram Yitzchok cook. Kuk. Number two, Rabbi Yisrael Chaim Number three, Rabbi Binyamin Horowitz. Number four, Rabbi Akiva Meisher Another great gadol that went on this trip was Rabbi Clears. Another was Rabbi Benzion Yadler, and and a few other people. And they traveled, and it was a nice trip. They went to many places, and they not only did they go on a trip and they saw all different things. What's going on? They recorded everything about this trip, and it was even published right away then. And then over the years, uh, um, in the early 2000s, a beautiful edition came out of it. But then even more recently, a much, much more expanded edition came out approximately 10 years ago. This is how it looks. And obviously, people are finding it shocking that Rugezchem Zunfeld and Reb Cook were in the same wagon going, touring the country. Now, one of the points was to see the massive of, with what needs to be corrected for the mitzvah of Tuleyus Okay, anyway, a lot of interesting things come out from this conversation, um, from this trip, from this tour. Um, okay, now, which this brings us now to Ramesh clears one of the people that were on the trip. So he was a, a, a slanomer chassid, dies in 1934, he was the Rav HaRashi of Tverium, which was a more Hasidish place, um, and Lamaisa, one of the things he writes is about a book about the history of Tfarya, but more significantly for us is he writes one probably one of the first asvarim in the nineteen hundreds on Zram. It's called Tyrus arts A few volumes come out in his lifetime. Um, afterwards, more material has come out in recent years. I, I think even very recently, a new edition came out. But anyway, this is the I would say in the nineteenth in 1925 is one of the first halachic works written by one of the a great God in the time of in Eretz Yisrael, about mitzvot tovis ba'aretz, with ha, with halacha dika, halacha slant of mitzvot tovis Okay, so here we see where it's starting to um, change. Okay, now we go a little further. There was another rav. His name was Rav Yosef Tzvi Halevi. Rabbi Yosef Tzvi Halevi is a um, a fascinating um, person to discuss. Um, just to mention briefly, two things about him. And then we'll get to what his connection with Zeraim is. Is Rabbi Tzvi Alevi, We have someone that was zayich to know him very well, which was Rabbi Shraye the also uh, um, for, in America, less known, but a great gadol living that lived in Menahem Brak, who was zayich that died a few years ago. So, in one of his svarim, he, he so he knew Rabbi Yisif, um he knew Rabbi very well. Rabbi Yisif Tzvi Alevi was the rav in Tel Aviv, very chashev a rav, and. Now, first of all is that he was a very into the Grah. He was a Litvak into the Grah. Um, um, he was very into be Mikhaim Mitzvah, Yeshiva, Arts. It was a big thing by him. He learned by Amartav Gimbal a Talmud of, 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 of the Valojan world. And one, of, and one of the things that he did, which is most significant for us, and this Rav Shari Doblitzky writes out in, this, in the four or five pages that he devotes to him in his sefer called Eitzir Nechmad, which was printed in 1980. So he, he says he wrote 18 svarim on halacha, but many of them were specifically about his life projects, says Reb Shreyi Debutsky. Uh, Mitzvahs Satluyas okay? And he held um, that people need to know what to do. So he wrote on Mitzvahs HaTlui His One of his first works, which comes out in the 1930s, is 700 pages, a massive work on trumas and Meisris. It's available. It's called Aser Taaser, It's available on Hebrew books. After 1939, he comes out with a few more books related to Mitzvahs at least Each one of big works. Now, just to show you a chash of his, says, um, says Ruk Shoyi He says that there was a certain Shaila, a very uh, complicated question. The Chazanish sent, he didn't want to take a chrysferd, and he recommended, who should they go to? To Rabbi Yisit Tzvi HaLevi. Similarly, we find the Stapler also would send people off with difficult questions to this Rabbi Yisit Okay. Um, his Anhagas that he had in a shul, which is, it's, fa- it's more famous today, it's, it's called the Gra Shul in Tel Aviv, which this, this shul was like its own book about um, the Gra aspect of the shul and this type of stuff. But Shreyi Dablitski, he recorded <coughs> the Minhagin of this from Yaisa Tziole. Okay. Anyway, moving on. So we have here, after Moshe clears, who publishes first in 1925 to 1928, Hilkos Mitzas Klois here we have in the early 19- 1935 the start of an- another great other, Rabbi Yosef Halevi's projects and Svaram on Mitzas Klois He continues publishing them through the late 40s. Um, Zevin also reviews them and says that they're incredible. Okay.
0: Now, these farm what level are they? Are they level for a regular person to be able to open them up, or they're sugyas. I would say they're intense.
1: They're intense, but, they're, but the point also is that at least there's a halacha, they're a of the, the hilchasa. So a rav at least has somewhere to go to, because to what, what I didn't clarify and explain is there's no shulchan really, on Mitzistoy's Baruch, so that makes it hard. You, you, at least you have somewhere to start. You open up your shulchan and then you look. Here you're you're stuck after the Rambam and the few Rishayim that we discussed already. You're on your own, so here now in the 1900s, these various two the two that we mentioned so far, at least now someone has what to start with. A rav and it's the pasquin. He has where to uh, uh, some literature to look at. That's that's the significance. Okay, but this is but here we're holding in the 1930s. Okay, so I want to just. Um, um, I want to just mention, over here, 1930s. So who all of a sudden comes, to, we, we find out that there's a someone very significant wants to come to Eretz Yisrael. Why? Not? It's beyond the scope of, of today's discussion, but that is Chazanish. Kazanish is nervous. He's coming to Israel. Yisrael. He's very well aware that there's parts. What's he going to do? What's and and um, especially the Hasidim issues we've already explained is a very halachic. Uh, um, um, that's his that's his big thing halacha. So he's concerned what's halacha la in all different areas of mitzvahs at So he already before he comes there to Eretz Yisrael, he starts writing the letters to um, people that he knew. Uh, he had a very close, um, I believe it's a sort of slash Talmud um, person that he was close with in. Um, In Europe, Moshe Kain Albitsky. Anyway, we have the correspondence. uh, um, Now we have the whole correspondence printed in Gnazim Vachubis Chazanish Chelik Aleph. So over here, we see that the Chazanish writes back to the Chazanish. The the Chazanish writes to him what to do in certain situations. So he writes to him, the situation here in Yisrael is terrible. Um, He says, um, and and basically he describes, he says, what about the Mai? it was it's problems it used to be a little bit before it was okay but it's it's a problem and he starts going through all different types of issues related to zram in this long letter and then he says in uh, um, this other this kasher problems. not only Barad's issues okay then he says but i'm then he then this this person writes I'm, i don't hold that i know even though this person was a hash he says i don't really know enough who should you go to? I recommend you should send your questions and um, to find out from this Rabbi Yosef that we just spoke about. Um, um, he is the person, he's the right address, Rabbi Yosef Tzvi Alevi, he's the right address for Inyanam of Eretz Yisrael and um, he throws in that he was also, he's also, um, he's a son-in-law by Rabbi Naftali Hertz, who was very Isaac in the, gra- um, and also putting out raw materials. He put out the a, a Sidr Okay, then he also throws in in Yerushalayim, this Rav Cook, who's also a Baki Gadol in, in Yanamat of Mitzvah Barats. Kahava, The Chaznech goes and writes letters also to, um, to Rav Cook, and this is its own note. Uh, uh, people have all different discussions. How, what could you read? Is, uh, is it a good letter, not good letters? And then the censorships, but this is all beyond the scope of what we're we're trying to discuss. But the point is that here we have, this is taking place in 1930s, early 1930s, the matzah of Eretz Yisrael it's, 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 a, it's a problem. That's what he's writing back to the Chazanish. And the Chazanish we see is also what, what's going to be. Okay. So now, um, um, here is where, I, this is where I would like to so what happens? How does Mitzvah T'Luis words get saved, so to speak? Where does it become that all of a sudden on some level at least there, there, we now have um, a solution that starts to be learned, Rome starts to be learned, especially with halacha l'maisa. What, what happens over here? So looking around, what it seems is in, in, the, in 1935, around 1935, we have a Yid Rebizek Rosenthal, who was actually closer to Tsipes Frank. He comes up with the idea um, with other people, which we'll get to momentarily, to create a Kyle to learn Zraun the Ian with Alakhala Myssa um goal. Okay, now I just managed got right now today the documents about this about this um kailu, when they were how when they the first first documents that they were trying to send out. The goal was to to be Mavar hilchus Mitzus Hilkus Okay. So they sent out, like we have a lot of um, times. this is a, how it looked, a fancy kaira. they probably hung it up um, all over Eretz Yisrael. Um and it, and it had the goal, the mission statement, so to speak which is to learn Zeran Yerushalmi, which we know we already discussed, to learn all the various Rishonim, Paiskim, whatever there is and to learn Trumas, Meisus, Arlo, all these things, Halacha So to learn the Metzaya, so to speak who's behind this whole thing. So it says the, the head of it is Yitzchak Rosenthal. And who's the G'daylim? So it says, Rebbe Avram Yitzchak Akoyin Cook writes a very nice thing about it, that is a very worthy project. And Ratsi Frank and a few other G'daylim the, Chaval Yaakov, the author of the Chaval Yaakov Rebbe Abba Yaakov Akoyin and Rebbe Yitzchak Gershon Horowitz and Rebbe el These are the G'daylim in Eretz Yisrael all the time and they were endorsing it. Okay. Now, then the next thing, it seems they must have gotten some form of funding, and then we have the protocol of what they did and how they learned and their goals and the points, and which was to basically learn properly mitzvahs, Yisrael, to put out svarim, publish svarim, hear shiurim, and all the different chaveirim of the, the kailul, whoever will be in the kailul will get a stipend, they will hear shiurim, and, and hopefully be productive and produce literature about these yirgis. Who's the heads of the who becomes the actual active head besides this Rabitzik Rosenthal who ran it, but he also was involved with the learning? It was it Retzipe Frank and Mrs. Al Meltzer? They give shiurim to the Chevrea Kailo. Okay. Now, but it goes further than this. This is all taking place in, starting from 1935. Um they heard Sheer Kassadir from um from of Frank, it seems, and they also would hear shiur very often from Mrs. Almeltzer. Meltzer. A few years ago, a volume came okay. out of Rabbi al Melts's *Tirus on taken from his Yerushalmi and Rambam decides. This was based on, it seems, from Shiram and notes of, of people of this Kailu that heard the Shiram back then in the 1930s. Okay, but would anything else happen from this Kylo? And the answer is yes. Um, they put out multiple, multiple, massive, gigantic volumes on all of Hilchah Zeram, which were reviewed by Rabbi Zevin. Very, and, and it seems each one, some of them were massive chiburim. They weren't just like a five-page article with a shtickle Torah. They were goals with halacha maisa and most significant, just most famous. But even though the list of koyl members at the time were, we would say who's who, but just the list of one of the most prominent people that we knew, of, that we know of, is Rosh Orbach. Rosh Hashanah Orbach. His work on Shvius and on was printed under this machon and this koyl, and the work was done there. So we see this is where, if you want to pinpoint. A time that Hillel seems to be getting much more um, saved, so to speak, is that in this Kyle, which wasn't a big Keil, um Kyle's mechalal weren't big in those days, which all these Kyle members they were very chassiv people. They learned. They used to hear Shirem from the great T. of Frank, Ruzal Meltzer, and they put out massive works. So you can see them. I believe they're mostly up on Hebrew books. Most of the, the volumes of the, of this uh, journal. Okay, now. At the same time, this is we're going nineteen. This is 1935. Um, so we have just to mention the um, there's a Rav Dinkels. Earlier in the previous episode, we spoke about Marash Sirlof. That Marash Sirlof was a Ben Dairay of the Beis Yosef, and he does a massive work on Yushalmi Zram. What we said is that the, the only one volume on Brachas comes out in 1875 by Mar, Rabbi Marcus Lehman. But what about the work on Zram? Interestingly enough, 1935, it starts coming out by a, a, a great literature, Goyne Dinkels, living in Yerushalayim at first. Eventually he moves to Bnei Brak. He was from Lutha. Seems to have been a Talmud from, from Itzel Panevishar. But also, besides for being a Talmud of his, he ends up having, I think maybe even have to do with Kaviskarov, but he definitely has a, a close relationship with the Chazanish. And he ends up, he starts in 1935, putting out one volume, and he puts out eleven volumes on Yushalmi's Rum of the Marash with a running parish of his. So here we see again another person in the late 19, in the mid 1930s starting the project. Took him well into the 50s till he completed it. But in 1934 he puts out Yerushalmi uh, Trumas, um, and we see here yet another gadol putting out a, a massive project in these years in Eretz Yisrael. Now you think what I found fascinating about this Rindels. This is obviously a lot to say about him, but we're not going to, just is that he dies in 1976. So 1958, he finishes his project on Zerom. 11 massive volumes. It's not only a, that he puts out this manuscript, he has a running parish on Yushalmi of his own. He goes ahead now to Tyrus and puts out a massive, a bunch of volumes on Tyrus. I have no idea how he found funding for it or time to do it. He, he put out many, many volumes on Zerom and Tyrus. Okay, anyway, obviously, uh, must have been incredible um, tamal Now, Back to us, we're trying to locate works in, 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 of mitzvahs of Klu'isbarat. So we have Rukhamech Zundel Grossberg who starts authoring works on more halachadik, more for the hamoinamdik. In the 19, I believe 1939, one of his works come out. Here too, Rib Zevin also reviews a few of them very, with very glowing, um, that they're very useful. He ends up writing on Hilcha Shmita, which was more prominent again, but also on Chumasa Maestris, Arla, Netteravai, and Klein. Okay and these come out through the from starting from the 1939 to, through the 1960s he also wrote multiple articles it was a tremendous amount Okay but this is all this what, what's significant for us is this is all happening when in the 1930s it's starting in the 1930s after this Kailul could be it has to do with the Kailul it could be just them this is what this is what's happening okay at the same time this is in Petach Tikva another Kailul opens up literally in the 1930s this Kailul was opened up by a, uh, hasheva, a very a yid who's sort of forgotten a lot in recent years. His name was Rabbi Yisrael Dvortz. He was a great Talmud of Ramayi Shemart Epstein, a Slabotka, involved with Eslabotka Yeshiva, and moving heaven to Eretz He was very involved with all these different things. He wrote a book on, on his Rabbi, Ramayi Shemart Epstein, and he was a very big Balmusser, and he ran journals with the journals, but he also, amongst his many different... So there's a, so there's a massive book on him called Kule Leiv, a Yerushalayim, it's, um, I would say, how many pages? Over 500 pages. So he opens up a kailul in Petach Tikva, where the goal of this kailul is again, because there's a necessity to, we don't know, mitzvahs to is not being learned. And the kailul opens up, has a journal also, where they put in tarifs of different um, um, members of their kailul. And besides for putting out stuff of their kailul, um, they get other materials related to Israel, and they're also into this, and he and he. This was his, um, he founded this. Now, interesting thing is that he had a son-in-law. His son-in-law was, in the yeshiva world, Rab Aryeh Pameranchik. Rab Aryeh Pameranchik, in many places, he's, he, um, people don't call him by his name. They call him the Emik Bracha, or in some world, the Tyres Run, One of the great, great Talmidim of the Briska Rav. The Shavelt Shevelt, his, his Tyre is considered unbelievable to have a very, very close relationship with the Biskarov. I think he learned with him over 10 years. Um, and his Tyra is loved by many ad What's less known about him is the following. He dies at the age of 34. Tragic. And he puts out Torah's Ram. And this is uh, Ram is two parts. He wasn't able to afford it. But um, but he's the son-in-law of this Rabisral divorce that we just mentioned. Not only is he a brisker, full-fledged brisker, you can't get better than this, he's learned with the brisker of 10 years, he's a Tamil of the also. Um, Agav, there's a beautiful article from a friend of mine, Rabbi, Rabbi El-Yo Reich of Lakewood in the, one of the assurance. an excellent article available by uh, via PDF, PDF, if you email me, where he collects all the information about this young guy, which I did not realize he was left there at 34, because he's, he's crazy famous, Ara Um, um from even just doing so, from doing so, uh, for, from printing so few works. And he's very famous. But what's significant for us is he's writing on Zrum. Tyre Zeram is two volumes of his on uh, Interesting review can be found by Rabbi Zevin also. Okay. So we see that now, this is also again taking place in the late 1930s and early 1940s. So we see Zrum is finally getting on the map a little bit between Yushalayim, Petach Tikva, Sam Svarim. Okay. Also again in the 1940s, a manuscript comes out, which I would say also was a shock to the to the Torah world. And this is the Aruch HaShulchan HaAsid. comes out in 1938. 1938. Now, we, everyone knew about Aruch HaShulchan, and it was incredible, as Aruch HaShulchan wrote, not only on Archaim, but he wrote on Dalch Elke Shulchan Aruch. What was not known is that Aruch HaShulchan had a work on zrum Kachim, and Tyrus, the same style. All of a sudden, 1938, which, I, which the way I'm describing Zrum is, is a disaster, they start putting out a volume of his on drum and another volume of his on Reb Rabbi Zevin writes in his book review on the Sefer HaShokhan Asad that everyone was just blown away. It was incredible. It's different. First of all, no, no one could believe. Not only was he able to do Dal Chalka Aruch, he did something which was unheard of. He wrote on Gant, on HaTar Kula, and no one knew about it. Now, here there's a little difference because he has less sources. Then and So here in these areas, he's much more relying on Yushalmi and Tesefta. Obviously, Reb Zevin points out one little ha'ara that he does if he doesn't understand why he doesn't use the Paso Shulchan when he should have mentioned it a little. Okay, but but be that as it may, Reb Zevin's review is a is, um, is ex, that it's excellent. The Ar-Sulchan doesn't really need um Reb Zevin even to say, who was very into the Arucholchel, but um, but Reb Zevin is very pro. This and what's significant is again when is this happening? In the early in 1938 and on. Now, if you think about it, what's happening is what's going on in Europe at the same time? The world is coming to the sad, the entire world is be, is about to be destroyed. And Zron, which wasn't on the map even, all of a sudden now, starting from 1935 till the nineteen forty, late nineteen forties, and even onwards, we see a new area of Tyra is the A is being which was uncharted territories, the few what I documented up till now, is now finally getting on the map on some level. Mammish at the same time, there's a destruction in Qal role on unparalleled levels that never, ever happened before. Obviously, there's something going on, but not for me to try to even begin to fathom. Just when you think about the years, it's incredible. Okay.
0: Wow. Amazing. Um, before you continue... You've been mentioning you've mentioned it in many episodes, and you've mentioned now a lot there of Zeven's book reviews. Maybe just tell the audience what you're referring to, what the name of the sefer is, where they can find this content.
1: Okay, so it's correct. I'm very I someone that I'm very I was very influenced for many years is Rosh Hashanay Zeven. Rosh Hashanay is famous for writing a sefer called Mayana Malacha, and also for being the head uh, head editor of my of Encyclopedia Talmudis. The first 17, 18 volumes, I believe it is, he was mamish, involved with every aspect of it, and he was involved with this in how it was created. There was obviously changes after he died, not for now, but anyway, he wrote many other svarim. Besides writing svarim, um, such as Mayan Maloha, which is one of the most popular svarim that were printed in the past hundred years, is he used to write book reviews about svarim in the various newspapers. And these, swar, these book reviews are unbelievable because they penetrate sometimes into the safer. He's able to find the strengths of the safer and the weaknesses of the safer. He usually tries to be positive. He'll try to be spin a positive uh, thing, but he he was such a tremendous tamal khatam, he was able to pick up a safer And immediately, because he knew kalatera on his fingertips in unparalleled uh, levels, literally kalatera Um, kal mean to say Shisha Shidri Mishnah, Zerahim, Tyrus, you can see from the reviews of his on the Svarim, Achrishoyinim, Achrainim, you name it in, in the various reviews. So some of, the, some of these reviews was collected into a three-volume set called Site from the Svarim. For some reason, they were not reprinted. People always ask me, to, I, I do sell them on, from, from time to time when I find a copy or two of them. Excellent, excellent reviews because you get to learn a, a lot. You get to learn about the specific Sefer. Um... And some of them are famous people. Interesting, um, like today I was reading one about the Stipler, but he doesn't say it's the Stipler. And the Stipler at that time didn't write his, on the safer that it's his, and so he says he's not going to be Megalosoy that it's the Stipler. But today we know it's the Stipler. But it's a very interesting review in general. All the it's a fascinating read. I highly recommend it if one can find them to get them, even if you don't know the particular svaram, But some a lot of the svaram people do know. Um, so those farm, it's it's even more geschmack. But in general, everything he says is 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 unbelievable. Um, again, that's my opinion. Obviously, some people will, will are, are completely entitled to argue. Um, but that's what I refer to many times. So in, in these episodes, Marshall for Zraim in, in two of his volumes of Siphon V'svarim, they have a nice amount of reviews about the various Svarim on Zraim, And he was living in Eretz so he knew... Um, First hand, he knew very well the sugyes in Zoram, as you can see from the, just looking at the reviews, what he was holding in, the Chuvas, the and the, the sugyes, unbelievable. He also, one of the significant things is, he had an unbelievable kaya tzivah, that he knew how to write. He had unbelievable writing skills that basically trained the next generation of of writers. Um, and that's why he was the head of Mechon, Mechon Tam Yisraeli, and other projects. So this is a very short, very brief about Zevin. You put me on the spot over here. I feel terrible because it's not doing justice to the great Yisrael Yez- Yisrael Zevin, um, who I would, would obviously spend a lot, a lot of time to talk about him, but maybe it's better that you put me on the spot about him. Anyway, um, so that's Rav Zevin in these book reviews, and that's what he says about Darach HaShulchan Asid and this discovery. What I'm trying to emphasize is this is all taking place in the 40s now. Okay, now we're coming closer to, even though the Darach is 1984, we're getting a, much, much closer to us. Um, and how is that we didn't mention the Yid the great Yid who we just mentioned a few minutes ago that he's coming to Eretz Yisrael the Khazanish. what about the Chazanish and Eretz Yisrael this is the interesting so we say, he comes 1933 he comes to Eretz Yisrael so right away he puts his full into learning as we said Chazanesh was the most important thing by him the learnings run, and he, and right away starts coming out materials of his on Zron. Kalman Kahana in his incredible book on the Chazanish called the Issh the he knew the, the Chazanish very well. So he says, this, The first he puts out all about Shemitah, because obviously Shemitah was a very hot topic. This is the first work that the Chazanish puts out in 1937 1938 in Eretz Yisrael, but then already he starts putting out about the Mai, um, Maestris, dealing with the is Talmud Shalmi. This comes out in 1938. And, st- and, and the rest, of, and the next few svarim of his are, re- the third sefer of his is Klaim and Arlo. Anyone who learned Klaim recently in Mishnayomi will know that Klaim is murder. Forget about to learn it, one looks at the Chazanish and you're just like, holy, how in the world did this person do this? But yes, this is the Chazanish we're talking about. So this sefer of his comes out, intense, intense P'iun, uh, with Halacha Maiso. Askanus of Hilchus Eretz Yisrael. Basically, the Chazanish comes on the scene and he puts out his chiburim and zrahim one after the other as a common kind of documents. Okay, now, but they're very intense as we said. You might have to be holding it to the sugya as you asked earlier. Is this for a regular guy who wants to know the halacha? The answer is it's not easy. Okay, we're coming to the end. Is a small safer comes out from the famous Rishon Michal Tukashinsky called Sefer Eretz Yisrael. In here. He has a little bit uh, a section halacha uh, lemaisa for the masses more I would say Hilchas Eretz also of Trumas Eretz Yisrael this comes out after he dies in um nineteen in nineteen fifty five called Eretz Yisrael and this is I would say one of the first svarim that deal with halacha lemaisa and one other sefer which is also very important, is from Rokalm Kahana, who we mentioned was very close to the Chazanish. He starts putting out, um, he puts out uh, also for the masses, it's found in numerous, numerous editions of the Kitzvah Aruch in the back, Mitzvah Sathlo Yisbaretz, Api the Pesachim of the Chazanish, but for the masses who did this, Kalman Kahana. Okay. Um, to be Messiah, with one last, uh, one last Nakuda over here, is that Rav Shroi who I earlier mentioned, who is also tremendously in Talacha, so it seems that in, in these years in the 1950s, he also was working on a Mishnah Bura type safer on which was going to be all of Hilchazron. Um the first volume was supposed to be about Arla. It was called Shuras Hadin. We have one page of it from the Shah of the and the Shah of the Page we also have. And from this we see that it was supposed to be something which a Mishnah Bura collecting all the materials. I'll be the style of the Mishnah Mamish. It says this in in, in the Shara of the Sefer, and the one page that we have is Mamish. A Mishnah be halacha sharetzian type stuff. But Lamayisah, we don't know why it never happened. It never came out. It doesn't. It seems not to even exist in manuscript. Okay, so this is Khan We have summed up um, in brief the matziv of halacha getting us through the fifties in Eretz Yisrael, that finally. Um, because of the, the various different gedolim and the kaitles that start to learn it, it starts becoming what we would call a makosaya that they starting to, that it's even in the it's even in the and the shulchan of, of rabbanim to start talking about to start handling etc. This is this is the background that with this we can now begin to start talking about what Repin Kanievsky started doing. This is the 50s is when he's um, a young person starting to learn and we'll continue Amir Tzushem, in the next episode
0: explaining what he does with Zoran Amir session. Okay, fascinating, as always. Thank you so much for sharing. Again, please send in your comments and suggestions, your criticism to myself, Shwed M-S-S-H-W-E-D-M, at OU.org or to Brutt at gmail.com. Okay, looking forward to getting to the actual Dara The next time we speak, have a wonderful day.